Hello. Hey. Welcome to another episode of When Football Met Soccer, a podcast where we talk about all things football on the pitch, off the pitch. You may have noticed that we're in a little bit of a different setup with, you know, Hamza's quality. It doesn't sound as good as it normally is. Why don't you tell everyone where you are? Yeah, I'm all the way in Morocco, recording in a small space in Morocco with my earbuds. So the quality is not great. So we apologize about that. Yes, we we apologize. Unfortunately, we don't have multiple high quality mics so that he could take one with him to record as well. That's true. Uh, so please bear with the Super quality. Low. Yeah. Super low budget. Sadly. Definitely low budget pocket. Well, if we get more listeners, <laughs> we would uh put in the investment but for the moment we just we only have you know one high quality a good quality mic and so unfortunately uh we won't be his 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 quality is not going to be as good but hopefully it's still going to be a fantastic episode because there's there were so many good games this week and on that note we can start with Arsenal Southampton 3-3 uh leader of the premier league versus the last team in the Premier League. Honestly, fantastic game. I did not expect it to be that good. It was another great game and another mistake from a very good keeper. I feel like this year is the year of mistakes from keepers, even though the keepers are actually really good lately, but uh, it was it was an interesting game. I mean, if we ignore Ramsdale's mistake for a second, I do think Arsenal concedes a lot of goals for a team that's leading the Premier League, recently at, la- at least. Uh, like Arsenal's sporting, I think it was 2-2 and then 1-1. Then they had their three most recent ties, I think 2-2 and now 3-3. They, they clearly have a problem in defense. I think it's just not a solid, don't you think? Yeah, a lot of people are saying because they've really been missing Saliba uh, in the yeah. back and people like yeah. Ben White and stuff, they're just not good enough. It is mm-hmm. funny that, you know, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but it seems like Ramsdale kind of took a page out of De Gea's book from the day before and thought, oh God, well, true. you you screwed up as a goalie. I'm 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 going to do an even, you know, better yeah. job at that. Because, yeah, this first goal, the 27th second, it was the second quickest goal in the Premier League this, this season. And the other one was also conceded by Arsenal. So it was the one against Bournemouth who scored at the ninth second. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this this mistake honestly yeah I, there's nothing else i can say i can't really defend ramsdale for that uh i don't really know um i don't really know what he was doing in the second goal also kind of a defensive mistake like zinchenko loses the ball and then yeah. gabriel couldn't stop theo walcott uh who actually yeah. is a former arsenal player and did you exactly. know did you know that he had a cameo in harry potter and the order of phoenix oh he did no because David Yates, the director of these Harry Potter films, the last yeah. few, is his uncle. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Talk and, about nepotism. Yeah, I know, right? Well, now he's in football. And he even writes books about football for children. There's like a whole series. Wow. There's It's TJ and the hat trick, TJ and the penalty, and stuff like that. And I went on Amazon to look up these books. Wait, and who's TJ? Who's TJ? I think it's the main character. Oh, uh, it's like Harry Potter and... Exactly. Exactly. So, so it's like the football, so but but it's for kids. Yeah, you can Google it, and it's even on his Wikipedia page. Like he's known for writing these little books for kids to reach to read about soccer players, which I thought was really cute. Um, That's really interesting. I think he had a really good game too. He was not bad at did. all. He did. He did. Yeah. Uh, doesn't. Yeah, he's he's old too. I think he's in his late thirties. Yeah. To to your point, they they are missing Saliba and Chaka, but it's. Too many mistakes from Gabriel, and the stakes are just much higher for a player like like Holding. I don't think he has that much experience with games like this and with like this much pressure. They definitely need more experienced, better defenders. Like even one of the goals was clearly Zinchenko's mistake. I know you've mentioned that. The before, third goal. You the the third goal. goal. Like you can exactly. see that it's his mistake. I'm like, he was the guy who scored the player who scored Kaleta Carr. The player was completely unmarked, and that one was even exactly. more than Zinchenko, I think. Exactly. Than you goal, for sure. And honestly, if you look at Arsenal's journey, they had at least three close games like this in the past that I can remember with last minute goals. Jan, it was versus Man U, last minute winner. Fed, mm-hmm. it was versus mm-hmm. Aston Villa, last minute winner. March, it was versus Bournemouth, last minute winner. They won all of them. 
So imagine if they had lost them, we would be having a completely different conversation right now. It's just that some days you are lucky and others you're not. And they could have won this game easily. Honestly, to be completely fair, it wasn't Arsenal's best game, but they were very unlucky. It was like Trossard's ball that hit the post. They had like 25 shots, not, not all of them were on target, obviously, but they had a lot of opportunities, especially in the last 10 minutes. Like the last seven minutes, it reminded us of the uh, like rel relentless Arsenal, like like the one, like all the Arsenal that, that we saw all, all through this year, but I think the problem is that they were sleeping most of the game, especially like uh, the beginning of the second half. Like, I think Arsenal just wasn't there at all. And I do I do want to highlight, and I know you probably don't agree, but Odegaard was so good. I think he still made a difference. I think they were able to come back in the score because Odegaard was so good. And, and I think he is, I don't know how Madrid lets a player like that go. It's, 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 beyond, it's beyond me. I don't understand that. And also, I want to say something about Arteta. I don't know why he stopped Martinelli. I don't know if you agree. I thought mm -hmm. he was really great. He was so dangerous. Jesus, mm -hmm. like, Jesus. Gabriel Jesus was not good at all. And I think he should have been subbed. Saka was also important. I feel like Saka and Martinelli are so important. They're always creating chances. Like Martinelli is kind of like Vinny Jr. Like he's always there trying to like create more chances. Like he was behind most of the, like I think one goal at least. And he also like scored one or something like that. I don't remember. But what did you think? Like I don't think you should have subbed him. Yeah, no. I honestly I think Arteta is usually pretty good with his substitutions. Uh but but in this game it definitely yeah, I agree. Gabriel Jesus didn't do anything. There was so many sitters that he should have scored, especially in the second half. Mm -hmm. Uh I don't really know what happened to him. Not his best game. And you're so right about Saka and Martinelli. Uh the first Arsenal goal was exactly what you're talking about the chemistry between Saka and Martinelli's finish and mm -hmm. of course it was a ball from Odegaard to Saka yeah. uh, who gave the assist to Martinelli and so yeah so amazing, amazing between the three I thought it was fantastic Martinelli your comparison to Vinny Jr was very interesting because if I think about the two actually this may be controversial but I think Martinelli is better in a way in a sense that Yes, Vinicius Jr. has that speed. He has that power. But Martinelli has more finesse. I, I agree a little bit because I, I do agree. Like, if you look at the dribbles uh, in La Liga, Vinny is, doesn't have the, like, highest number of dribbles. Like, the Moroccan, the Abde dude, has more dribbles, surprisingly. I looked mm -hmm. it up. But I think Vinny just had more experience. Like, he definitely has... He, he had more experience and more opportunity to... Well, play against of course really he, he's played on big stages way more than these Arsenal players have. You just need yeah, to give so him more played, opportunities. He's played against the best defenders and was able to, they couldn't catch him. Literally the best defenders in the world. So I, I mean, do think that's, like, and, and, and you're right, Martinelli still has like a lot, a lot, like uh, he has a lot to give and he hasn't been given the chance, even with, with Brazil. I don't think he was there in the World Cup. He wasn't there with the friendly no. game against Morocco. I think imagine if he was there, like if you like it would have been a completely different story. Like I don't know if people talk about Neymar is missing from Brazil. I'm like, who the fuck is Neymar anyways? I mean, but Martin it's interesting Neymar. because Martinelli doesn't play the way that he plays may not fit in very well with the Brazil team. I don't understand how. Like honestly, he should be playing every single game. That guy is so important to Arsenal. He I would say he's one of the main reasons why they're so good this year. So I don't understand how that guy is not playing every no, single I agree, game. I agree. I think he's amazing. He's an amazing player. Like I, I definitely highly, highly rate Martinelli. And to be to be honest, if you've listened to the press coverage after this game, they were so harsh on Arsenal because they've drawn three games in a row and they've bottled the title. But you can't just flip a switch and then now suddenly say that all these players suck because they got him. They got yeah. them this far, and you can't say that. Yeah, you can say, okay, there's holes in defense because certain players are injured or not there. But now suddenly Odegaard and Partey are poor players. Like, I just, I, I, I really don't know. Like, it's like they just completely switched their opinions based mm -hmm. on this week's performance, which I find ridiculous because you can't That's say because of, oh, oh, now Odegaard sucks. Now Zinchenko sucks. It's a very good point. To, to be fair, they've always conceded goals. I think they've conceded, I don't know, maybe I, I saw it here, like 35 
34 goals. Maybe I'm mistaken, but they've always conceded a lot of goals. It's just that they have been so clinical in attacking that everyone just forgot about their clean sheets. Obviously, they don't have a good record of clean sheets this year, but nobody cared about that because they just they, they, were, they were fun to watch. You can't just erase the fact that they were fun to watch. They were fun to watch for so many well, they were They were the good, they're consistently the best team in the league from the start. And if you asked me just three days ago, I would have, sorry, three weeks ago, not three days ago. If you had asked me three weeks ago, mm-hmm. I don't think I could have imagined Arsenal dropping points like this, dropping in four, yeah, because yeah. it did feel like a switch had turned off. It, there were you can pinpoint maybe the draw against Liverpool or after that I mean and then going into West Ham because they just aren't performing in the same way that they used to and mm-hmm. at least against West Ham and Liverpool I don't know I don't know what's worse scoring first and then losing it or conceding first and then coming back yeah no I I, I agree with you and I think that the, the problem is really a mental game for Arsenal because the media has been horrible. Like imagine you already have a seven point lead or eight point lead, but the media doesn't look like they believe in you because they think that Man City is so oh, good. It doesn't that, matter. Oh, that's it. It's cities. It's cities to lose. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it doesn't matter. Even though you have like seven point eight point lead, the, everyone still thinks that City is gonna win the league. And now once they tied with West Ham. Everyone's telling them that they pretty much lost the league because everyone just assumes that they will lose the game versus City. Like it's 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 crazy. And I think you have more pressure as a leader to keep that lead on. And I think it just got to them because that's the only thing they could explain. Like nothing has changed. And sometimes they're like faster to get back in the game, but you can clearly see against Southampton that they were sleeping for like the majority of the game other than the past 10 minutes and like Zinchenko was trying to huddle them up like guys oh guys, that was let's, funny let's do it. Yeah, that was funny. so much about this team like I think he's cried more for Arsenal than he had his whole time at Man City he's always okay. crying what's wrong with that what's up with the toxic masculinity no no, 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 no. it's kind of interesting because and I think the internet surely loves you know his face because there's been so many memes about it but yeah, he he definitely loves. I think he he really is playing a bit of the captain role as well, even though he's not. And yeah. it's funny yeah. because once Arsenal scored their first goal, Southampton Southampton also had their own huddle. They do, um, they did, they did. Actually, I saw that too. I was like, what are they? Why are they copying them? Yeah, no, because it's I not a, that, yeah. it's not a football thing. It's an American football thing. Maybe it's, they should start doing that. So you need to do the huddle while the other team is celebrating because sometimes they take too long to celebrate. So you should be doing the huddle at that yeah, point. Yeah, take advantage that. of the time, regroup your team, talk yeah, about the camera's, strategy the camera's going forward. That, yep. That's the problem. The camera's going to be looking at the people who are celebrating, not at the people who are like, regrouping. Yeah, yeah. but And you also see that the the whole kind of, like Arsenal's going to be shook. So this game against the, their next game, which is also City, mm-hmm. City's next game, well, they just you know won Sheffield United 3-0. But their next game is going to be against Arsenal at the Etihad and it is more of a mental challenge for Arsenal than anything else like they, they, if they play good football like they could very well win it's very possible it, it, right but it's it, just exactly. it's just yeah, mentally I, if they're going to get over the hump exactly I think they just, Arsenal is putting too much pressure on themselves even second this year would be great with the resources they have and how young the team is like it's 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 crazy you can't even begin to compare them to City sadly like City is is like they have so many good players. They have a lot of experience. It's City would, I, I think we shouldn't forget that Arsenal got where it got this year because City was not at its best form for mm-hmm. a, a long period of time. Mm-hmm. For no reason. You don't understand why City was not good for a long period of time. And suddenly City's back to its best form. But City has been consistently the best team in the world, in my opinion, in the past three years. This year, and on paper and everything is the best. It's the best team, even without Holland. Without someone like Holland, I cannot believe how a team like like, like City scores so many goals without an actual number nine. And now they have like a, a crazy number nine that that is relentless. So I, I, that's why I get why the media is like down discounting so much what Arsenal does, just because City is massive. Like they're so good. So that's why I don't understand why City hasn't won the Champions League because they really, I think, yeah. honestly, there's no team like them. Like whatever people say about Madrid. They're not as good as City. City is 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 great, 
The problem is, I think Arsenal. Wow, I have team. not heard you praise City like this. No, but I think this whole no, season. It's, no, but it's true. Like you just you don't praise them because they haven't been performing as well. But it's that their bar is so high. Like oh no, they, yeah. They, Any other season, if you don't have a city like this, Arsenal has gone has won the league. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I mean it's just exactly. It's just like now it's 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 like I don't know what they did to make City such a a brand name that now it's just like you just expect them to win everything. For some reason, they haven't won the Champions League. But the point of what I'm trying to make, what I'm trying to say, is that Arsenal should not be stressed at all. It's just like what they achieved already is amazing. Next year, they will be able to compete in the Champions League, and they will be able to. But they, they still have growth clearly because they lost against Sporting. They shouldn't be losing against Sporting. They shouldn't be. Don't you think fans are so? So I was listening to Talk Sport, and one of the fans, one of an Arsenal fan, called in and said, "I." don't like Arteta. He's not the manager for us. He bottled the league for us. And I think he should be fired, all this stuff. And even the hosts were like, I think you're being a bit unreasonable because no Mm -hmm. one thought Arsenal would be even fighting for the league title or even make it into top four. I mean, Arteta's first season and the second, they finished eighth. Yeah, yeah. Now, Now you're saying, okay, they're bottling the title, like the amount. And plus, this is a whole team with not a lot of experience, young players. Arteta completely transformed them. And so I'm sure this fan is not alone, by the way. there I'm, I think there are plenty of people who are either Arsenal supporters or not who think, oh, well, they kind of failed this season because th- that bar Arteta set for this first, however, you know, third twenty odd games that they played was mm-hmm. so high that now that's their new bar. Now all these fans are saying, "Well, since we thought we were going to win, now we're not going to win." And then this season was a failure. No, it wasn't. It, it was. I think even if they come second, it was an it, absolute success. It, it is. It was. It was. And it, it's. It's just that like these fans are forgetting that this year also is lucky for Arsenal because Chelsea is bad, Liverpool is bad. So many Tottenham is very average. So many big teams that were like supposedly quite good this year, they were not great. So they're just they're like, I think I, that's what we talked about last time. Fans expect wins constantly, but it's a tough league. I don't understand. The guy is doing such a great job, Arteta. Like they just need to give him a break. Like they're they're coming back in the results. Like I don't understand. Like go watch Barcelona and then compare. Like I feel like these people just. Don't put anything into perspective. I still think Arsenal is a fantastic team. They, they're so young. They can do much better this year, next year, and probably even win the the, the league. And I I think they still could win the league this year. And also, oh, I think there's people, still a possibility. People, people don't think that City is going to fuck up any game. So that's what I, that's how I love about, like, what I love about the media. They think City is not going to miss any points in the next game. Yeah. It's very possible. But no, I agree. It's possible because as much as I am a City fan, it's knowing how poor their form has been in certain points at this in this season. Exactly. I, exactly. I just don't see why it's not even conceivable that they could drop points because they very well could be. And if they keep advancing in the Champions League, which in my opinion is a lot more important than chasing the league in Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I love, I really like Arsenal as a team. I shouldn't be saying this, but I really like them and I really want them to win if our City don't win, right? So if City wins the Champions League, I don't give a fuck about the league because they've won the league so many times. They've won it four out of the fi- last five years. Just let Arsenal win this one because they may not get so close next season. Who knows? But but yeah, I mean, honestly, City could very well drop points. They still have a few tough fixtures coming up. Uh, a lot yeah. of them are also away games. And so I... And trophies. And trophies. So they could easily be distracted by the Champions League because they lose... Well, Champions that's what I'm League saying, right? Like they they would they could if they advance in Champions League. Now they have a final against either United or Brighton, uh, in the FA Cup. So even, even if they don't win the like the advance in the Champions League, like if if they lose versus Madrid, I think it's going to be really bad for morale because it's going to be I don't know the third fourth uh, like year that they like get so close but still don't like don't make it. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, and they got knocked out by Madrid. Last yeah, like so, I think if they if they don't go to the final and win the Champions League, I, I think it could have an impact on their performance for sure, in for sure. the Premier League. And in the Premier League, I think we're gonna watch it until the last game. Moving on 
to another kicker of a game, uh, Sevilla versus Man United in the Europa League. To be honest, the Europa League has given us so many exciting games this year, arguably more exciting than Champions League, because sometimes Champions League, you're sitting around like, okay, this is expected. Okay, this was kind of boring. But Europa League, oh my God. But there's so many good teams. There's Juventus, there, there was Arsenal, there was Man United, there was Barcelona. There was like all You're talking players. in the past tense about these teams. Isn't that crazy? I know, I know, right? Let's talk about this game. Uh, yeah. I know you probably have a lot to say because oh, it was definitely. end series night. But there was also a lot to say on the United side uh, because <laughs> a lot of very interesting things that happened. De Gea and Maguire were the two standout United players that now everyone is shitting on, whether you're a United fan or not. So the first in Siri goal, right? That was a horrible mistake by mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people argue differently. I don't know. You, you can tell me what you think. Some people think it's more De Gea, some people it's more Maguire, but Maguire is the gift that keeps on giving for in, in Siri because it seems like he just can't stop helping him score goals. But there are also people who say, well, that it was De Gea's fault because even mm-hmm. though Maguire asked for the ball, he shouldn't have passed it to him when there were two or three Sevilla players right around him in the center. And Maguire is not the most skilled defender. Someone else better could have handled it, right? But we all know Maguire is not that someone. And De Gea, knowing that, should not have given him the ball. What do you think? No, I agree. I think it's De Gea's fault. Honestly, no questions asked because it's like we've talked about this kind of new. Uh, like way of playing soccer, freshman non-stop, and you get goals out of it. Like that's what I've been watching. Like all these goals where people are making mistakes, Upamecano's mistake. Like this is the this is the like this is a new way for like uh, attackers to score. And it's Maguire couldn't have done anything. Why are you giving him the ball? Like, like even if Maguire is this fantastic, uh, this fantastic defender, like I don't know why they hated that. But that being said, I still think that it's not entirely De Gea's fault. Like, people should just discount a lot. De Gea had a fantastic year this year. Like, I think he has the highest number of clean sheets, maybe, I think, 15 clean sheets. He 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 made some crucial saves, but, like, he just made two deadly mistakes in this game. And, obviously, the rest of the team couldn't come back, so it's not just his fault. Like, why did the team not come back? Uh, so, maybe we should talk about that as well. But I think... To, to 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 think about how bad Man United was is that we've been watching Sevilla, right? And in La Liga, and they have been dreadful, horrible defending. Midfield is so bad, not great. So they got 3-0 versus Barcelona, 6-1 versus Atleti, and and Manchester City. Like people forget that Sevilla was in the Champions League this year. So it was 4-0 uh, against uh, against Manchester City in the Sevilla. Uh, stadium, which is a crazy stadium, and 3-1 in, 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 in Manchester. And Bono has been horrible since the World Cup. They received 44 goals in La Liga and only scored like 35. 13 in the ranking, they were fighting relegation and have had three coaches so far this year. But I, I know I've mentioned this to you, but I thought they were amazing. I really don't care if people say Manu is missing a few players or were great, but I want to stress that Sevilla was amazing. This like whole bias of English media saying that, oh, Sevilla didn't do anything. And like it was mostly because Manu was bad and give them all the goals. That's actually not true because Sevilla dominated. They had 20 versus 16 shots and six of them were on target. And the defense was really good. Like I, that's why I'm very surprised. The more I watched the game, I'm like, what is happening? Is this the same Sevilla we've watched? And Europa League is Sevilla's bitch, basically. It is it's, their... We, it's their platform. It is their arena. It is their competition. Real Madrid has Champions League and Sevilla has Europa League. Yeah, I mean, it must be it, but I think it's also maybe the coach, the new coach is changing things a little bit. Rakitic had a fantastic game. Lamela, Ocampos as well. I think they're pressuring. They were pressuring all the other players nonstop. It was like when you were watching the game, you didn't think that Sevilla was the one that's up. You think that like Manu was up and like and Sevilla is trying to come back in the game. So it's very weird. And and also the crowd, obviously, the crowd. I didn't realize that the, the Sevilla crowd were this crazy until I like, watched this game, even though I've watched oh, yeah. them all the time. But they, oh, they're crazy, no? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I think, I think what you said is, I, I agree to a point in the sense that 
obviously the Western media or sorry, not the Western media, the English media is going to cover it in that way because they are English media after all. They have a bias towards English teams. I don't really mm. blame them for that because if you looked at a, a Spanish coverage, they would be covering Sevilla more and how amazing they were. I mean, that's so, just fair because we just, because I don't speak Spanish, in, well, not knowing you're fluently, I would not be consuming that sort of media. And so all we hear is the English bias. Uh, but I think what they say about United being poor is true. They may just, mm -hmm. but I don't think they completely shit on Sevilla saying that they were not good. They just didn't highlight what Sevilla yeah, was able yeah. to do well, right? Because yeah. like you said, and the Siri needed to be at the right place to take full advantage of Definitely. those mistakes, right? That third goal he scored, it was not as easy as it looks to kind of whip it over yeah, De Gea and into the goal because he was still pretty far out, right? Like it wasn't, mm -hmm. it wasn't so close. He also did a lot in Siri. He 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 is he really is just really good with his head. I mean, so that's what she said a bit. But not only trying to score, but trying to assist with his headers. And right, he's always there to capitalize on other people's mistakes. And so how I thought about it was this guy is so smart because instead of playing with 10 other players, he's playing with all 22. Because if you make a mistake and you want to assist yeah. me and score exactly. for my team, I'm gonna I'm gonna use you. And and I think as you said too, other players like Akuna. Ocampos were really good. Like that goal that Ocampos scored that was ruled offside, it was a great yeah, goal. So good. Such a good goal. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't just say they were like they were good because the one goal was offside. The header was really nice. And and it's like because I watch, I remember watching Suarez, and Suarez was exactly like this. He would he would be always at the right space at the right time. So he would always capitalize this way. And that, that's what in the series is doing. That's why the, the, the Moroccan coach actually brought him. Because mm -hmm. he knew that that guy could go back and defend and put a lot of pressure on players. So the way he played this game was really impressed. And he gave Linda, uh, Lindelof and them, so Lindelof and Maguire, such a hard time. Honestly, they struggled a lot to defend him. And while Manu did have a few absences, for sure, they still had Casemiro, they still had Eriksen, they still had Dalot. And, 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 and granted, like Sancho and Anthony haven't lived up to what people expected from them. And there's not, there's not much you can do about that. But it's kind of the same Anthony that scored against Barcelona. So when Anthony scored against Barcelona, everyone was saying, oh, he was great, he's fantastic. And now all of a sudden, well, Anthony's not doing anything. Well, you guys are missing a few players, but it's still like, I wouldn't compare it to Barcelona missing. And Rashford played a little bit as well. Like I wouldn't compare it to Barcelona missing Pedri and Dembele and all these players. Um, the I think it's not the same because, okay, Bruno Fernandez, you really feel like his sure. absence was yeah, really missed one. because yeah, look at Rashford. One. Rashford can't do that much without Bruno Fernandez in midfield. When their top center backs are gone, they fall apart. Varane sure. and Matisse right. not being there, like, yeah. I'm sorry, Maguire and Lindelof are just not good enough. And so That's obviously true. this is going to happen. And plus, if you look at Barcelona, most of their absences, or at least the most important absences, are in the attacking side. And so defensively... They still are pretty solid, or for the most of the part. I think Christensen is missing. Yeah, I would say mainly Fernandez and, and Barak. Mainly Bruno right. Fernandez. Right. I always and... thought like, I really don't like Bruno Fernandez, but I think he's a fantastic player. No, no, no. He's I don't like him as an individual, but as a player, he's amazing. And you can you can tell that he really just wants to succeed for Man United. He wants Man just United a to win. Win, win your mentality. Definitely. For sure. Oh my God. That's why he does all his shithousery on the, because he wants United to win trophies. I don't blame the guy for it. It's just annoying to watch. If he plays for your team, you fucking love him. If he doesn't, then you hate him. It's, yeah, that's so it. True. You know, you were talking about English bias. Yeah, let's talk about English bias because Sancho does not get the, sh the hate that he deserves. I mean, okay. I don't want to say that's the hate true. that he deserves, true, but he doesn't true. deserve to be hated on. But the criticism, let's say, he doesn't get the criticism that he deserves because we hate on Anthony a lot more. But when you look at Sancho, who doesn't start a lot because there are other better players on United's team, he doesn't offer anything. He doesn't no, track back. Yeah. At least Anthony does a bit of that. He had, like, from what I remember, one good run in the first half. But that was pretty much I, it. I he don't just. Remember. Oh, exactly. He has no, he has no spirit. He has no energy. Like you said, you don't remember his invisible. And ironically, he is the second highest. He has the second highest salary on the team. 350,000 pounds a week. Ironically, just after De Gea, who earns 375,000 a week. 
350,000 pounds a week for Sancho. For Sancho, yeah. Sancho. Oh my God. You can get, okay, you can get three Mason Mounts with that. Three Mason Mounts. Not, right. not sure that would be helpful. More, more, because Mason Mounts, less than 100. Just think about it. Why is the media not going on about how much he costs but doesn't contribute? Yeah, you probably could get like five in the series, five in the series at least. We know how we always talk about Dortmund being this really good feeder for amazing mm-hmm. players. Afterwards, he a, he's a flop. Yeah, he was. He is a flop. Even like, I, I completely agree with you. And and also like the English media, we were talking so much about Anthony being so bad, and maybe he was in this game, but the previous game he was really good. Like the game, mm-hmm. the first leg versus Sevilla, I thought Anthony Marshall was really good, especially because he played for Sevilla like uh, as like uh, he was on loan. But I. I, I do agree with you. Like it's, it's like you. I don't even consider him. Like, I, I completely forgot that he was a, a manual player until you reminded me right, right now. Like he shouldn't be. Like that guy was bought or that he was brought at least to like be an, an amazing player. Like he was supposed to be like this this massive star. And now even when he plays uh, like um, for the the B team or the second team when the main players are not there, he doesn't do much. Nothing. They appropriately praise certain players like Saka, but the majority is a bit overinflated like mm. this depends on how much overinflated there are even certain the, players that are more so than others but yeah even Declan, Declan Rice to be completely yeah, honest yeah Declan Rice yeah I, I don't mean, know he's 130 million mm, yeah. I think I would say 60 70 million max like if you're saying someone is worth 130 million this guy should come and just win 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 yeah but no I, I he's not know. gonna do I, that if if you give like how much should you sell Kevin De Bruyne for? I don't understand. Like if you're talking about midfielders, I don't know. Like it's it's a little bit too much. And I and I've watched him. I do watch him a lot of this time. And it's like he's he's not overrated per se, but he's just like a good midfielder. Yeah, he's a good midfielder. One, not an amazing one for sure. Yeah, but. honestly, like this is a great example of people, these pundits and journalists trying to do football math which never works out, especially with mm-hmm. knockout tournaments. There's no mm-hmm. rhyme or reason. I, was, I I actually wrote this down. I The transitive property does not apply b- because That's true. league form and other competitions, <laughs> you cannot translate that linearly to other performances. Oh, you beat this team and this beat this team beat this other team. So the first team must beat the, you know, well, th- no, that doesn't work. Or else, or else the, the whole point of the FI, the, the FA Cup wouldn't, like, it would be, like, so predictable, right? Like, right. Wrexham versus Sheffield United, Sheffield United second in the championship, tied. I, I know, they, right? Wrexham twice, no? I think twice or, like, once and at least, and then the other game was, like, very close. So it's like, I don't, and, and Wrexham is in the fifth, I think it's the fifth league. Exactly. And you know, you see those like posts and, and stuff on Instagram or Twitter where they say, oh, well, Man United beat this team, but then they lost to Liverpool, but then Liverpool lost to this team. And then, and also it's like, why, why, what's the point of these posts? Yeah. This, I, I keep forgetting about this 10 0 to Liverpool that, uh, that is nowhere this year. So I, I really don't understand that. But, but, okay. Question though. Did you think United had a worse night against Sevilla or against that 7 0 loss against Liverpool? Oh no, definitely against Liverpool. Definitely. You think? Okay. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, in the, I mean, they had all like they had like most of their team. That's that true. Point. That's true. They had most of their team. They had no excuses. Yeah. They had no excuses. It's just I don't know what happened to them. Like they were bad against Sevilla, but I guess not as bad. Especially when you make mistakes, it kind of like destroys you mentally. And I think that's what happened to them a little bit. What De Gea did, and he was he was just not good this game. Honestly, I think just people need to be fair. Like Courtois made still a mistake in the Champions League. Becker makes made a silly mistake as well with the So literally, the commentator, the the Arab the Arab commentator, mm-hmm. was saying, "I'm gonna call uh, Ramsdale uh, Aaron Becker because he thinks Becker makes mistakes the whole time." I think he does actually. Becker, like Alison Becker, always he's always like fucking up. But anyways, I still have to stress in the theory, fantastic guy. He's been scoring non-stop since the since the World Cup. I really hope he. Like, I really hope that he's going to leave Sevilla after this, uh, after the end of the year. He just definitely needs a better team. He definitely needs people who can cross more to him because nobody crosses to him most of the time. And he's so good with his head. And I think at this point, like, there's a lot of games where you need set pieces. Set pieces are so important because there's so many teams who just, like, park the bus. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to park the bus. The only way for a team to score is with set pieces. So you need someone who's good with yeah. his head. And he's way, way better with his head than with his feet. 100%. Thank you.
moving on to the Champion League games this week. Feels like a while ago. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to first talk about... I have less to say about the Madrid-Chelsea game because it was more boring, more predictable. No one really thought Chelsea was going to come back from this. Honestly, it was very chaotic. It just felt like players running around. Everyone was losing possession and then winning it back. Even the ref got overwhelmed. It it just felt like both teams lacked... I mean, from the Madrid side, of course you understand. They're not playing this game to score a bunch of goals because they're not down, yeah. right? Yeah. But Chelsea? Mm. So on the Madrid side, Courtois, amazing game. He blocked several shots. For example, Cucurella's one of the best shots from Chelsea was yeah. Cucurella's shot yeah. at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. He Courtois was just... Benzema, though... Not great. He's not as sharp, not as fast. He actually got subbed off in the second half. He really didn't do anything. Even Vinicius Jr. was pretty useless. Benzema, you mentioned it. He he mentioned him. He hasn't been consistent. Like there's a game where he's good, and there's another game where he's not good. But the past few games, I just felt in general, he had that those two hat tricks. But other than that, I just feel like all the games around it, he's just been meh, mediocre. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but in this game, Madrid actually made Chelsea look kind of okay they created more chances uh but didn't score it was very deja vu from like under potter uh yeah they madrid just needed a few moments of brilliance from players like valverde rodrigo camavinga and then that's it they scored because even though chelsea looked decent in the beginning like conte had an attempt uh, you know, but once Madrid decides, nah, we're going to score some goals, that's it. Like, Chelsea's not going to be able to do anything. And Lampard played this really strange formation, 3-4-2-1. Havertz as the attacking forward. In a game where Chelsea has to score more than two goals, you just put Havertz up there with Gallagher right behind. And I don't understand Gallagher still. I really don't. I really don't. I'm, I, I'm sorry, but why is this guy getting so much? Play time versus other players. Honestly, I would wouldn't mind seeing Mason Mount there. Why is Gallagher playing all the time? Mason Mount, he's just going through a rough patch. I think he could come back. He's such a good player. But Gallagher, very average. I just want to think what goes through Madrid's uh, like mind, the players before this game. They're like, what is this subpar team that we're gonna like? Should we actually give it our best? The team well, they clearly there. didn't. But like, why would you want to give it your best? If you're playing the Chelsea that lost the four fast games or or more, like oh god, there were no wait, they probably watched that game versus Brighton and they were like, okay, well, this team looks really bad because Brighton was amazing. So they're like, but but to be honest, I think Madrid thinks about thinks that about most teams though. They're not they're not afraid of any team. No, no, I don't think they think the same thing about City. I'm sorry, or about Bayern, or even about Barcelona. Like how Barcelona is, I don't think they think that Barcelona is as bad as Chelsea. But you know, I do think I do think like if you look at the squad, Chelsea is way better than Barcelona in terms of like squad and the people that they have. It's just that I don't know why they're so bad. If you just don't understand it. Real Madrid is like they're just not at the same level. Chelsea Madrid. Like I don't like this game to me was Yeah. They were yeah, they just it's like Madrid let Chelsea play around for a bit and say, you know, we're going to sit back a bit and let, let's see what you can do. Uh, but they couldn't do anything. Like Conte was the only one who created, he was everywhere. He runs a lot, but there's shame. It's a shame because there's no decent players in the box that can score from his passes. It was a terrible game for the defenders, especially Cucurella. I, mm. yeah, he's, he's, he's very average. Thank you for bringing that up as well. Like, I don't know why he also keeps playing all the time. I guess because Cody Valley is probably injured, but I'm sorry. He's not like, he, he doesn't, there's way, way better defenders out there. That's what I'm saying. Like, when you compare to City and you look at the defenders, you're like, okay, when you can even compare to Madrid, come on, like, you have Alaba, you have like Militao, like Cucurella is. They're not average. even playing Rudiger. Yeah, like he, he, they haven't been playing him like uh, consistently every game. Really good when he was at Chelsea, he was really good. But yeah, yeah, for sure, that's a loss there. But I mean, they have so many. Play- but Todd Bowley has been on all has been in all these games, by the way. And I think the camera has picked up the habit of panning to his face all the time because mm-hmm. it. We all know how much people like to see his disappointed face when he's watching 
in the audience. Every time, every it was time. hilarious. It's and been also, yeah, it's been happening every time now. You just see also, they pan to him. He doesn't dress. He doesn't dress that well, no. Or is it just me? He Did doesn't. You, you know when when they took pictures of Patrick Vieira and uh, Thierry, Thierry Henry yeah, at the yeah. at the uh, Arsenal game, they dressed so well. They were so stylish. Yeah. You're doing, you're and then you compare to Todd Boyle. Mm. Where can you figure out a way to dress well? You're a fucking billionaire. Hire someone. He'd rather spend his money buying random players. So there you go. Uh, moving on to a better game that I want to talk about. <laughs> Bayern and City. It was a tied game. But again, same thing, right? City did not... Like as much as people say Bayern was a better team, they were very unlucky because mm-hmm. they couldn't finish their chances. City had less possession. They were defending more and they were actually scoring on the counters uh, and they didn't have that many shots on goal. But it was the same deal with Madrid, right? Like they didn't come into this game at a disadvantage. They didn't need to play at full speed to score all these goals because that yeah. was now Bayern's turn. And so mm-hmm. they didn't need to attack that much. The referee in this case, seemed also overwhelmed, like could not keep up. There were nine yellow cards in this game and a red card for Tuchel. Tuchel got sent off with a red card and he's been getting very agitated recently. I, in would, these be, games. I would be if I were him. Like, yeah, it hasn't been a great start. And we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the Bayern game too. There were a couple things that happened. It This game started a whole discussion about handball because there were two penalties given, one for City, one for Bayern, where most people would say, you know, I wouldn't have given the handball because it was a quote-unquote natural positioning of the hand. They couldn't have done, the player couldn't have done anything about it. Uh, but at least yeah. the ref was consistent and gave it both times. But um, I conclusion, I will, never understand, I will never understand handball rules because I don't know how people are defining unnatural because it's so subjective. Isn't the easier solution just to give penalty for any contact with the hand or the yeah, arm? But like, that's not fair, right? Like, I don't know where sometimes, where do you want me to put my hand? Like, I don't know. I want me to just cut it. I got to put it somewhere. So sometimes where I put it, like, I cannot just move it. So like, it just ends up and sometimes it's more obvious, obviously, but like in most cases recently, I feel like it's not as obvious and they would just give the, the penalty all the time. The problem in giving penalty for like uh, when, when, when there's a handball that you can't do anything about, just that it ruins the game. It changes games completely sometimes. I think that's why you got to be a little bit more careful. So I don't know if they, maybe we should go to the manual. I don't think it's going to be that clear either. I mean, the language is just unnatural i think the actual verbatim word is unnatural unnatural that's not helpful yeah right I, this is not specific enough i mean <laughs> this is my natural this is my the natural position what do you want me to, to tell you but it, it's annoying for players do you see how defenders and all those people they have to they have to defend with their arms tied behind their back i mean that's not like how would you jump how would you jump with your arms tied behind yeah your that's not i can't do my best when i have to put my arms behind my back yeah. I mean, they just because they need to avoid it at all costs, right? So that just I mean, yeah. So the, I I'm not going to go into the weeds of these handball rules cuz I'm far from being an expert. I'm sure you know more than I do. So I don't really have any thing to add it's, to this discussion. Yeah. But I just think honestly, it's it's just I feel like this game is very similar to the other game. Man City clearly was going to win. Man City clearly was going to like I thought at least that they were like a show in already. Bayern, Bayern is clearly going through something and they just lost a game today to Mainz. I think that's how you pronounce it. Maybe I'm mispronouncing it. I think Mainz, yeah, Mainz like 3 1. So they really, like, I don't understand because if you look at their squad and, and their B team, and I've said this before, they have amazing players, really good players. That, a lot of other teams would kill to have. Would kill to have. Like more, even Arsenal doesn't have these players. Look at Arsenal is doing. A lot of teams out there don't have these players. So, and then you look at the results recently and even the performance, and you don't understand what's happening. I mean, there is a lot of mistakes. Hupa Meccano, again, horrible game. And I think today, yeah. another bad game. Exactly. Today, his mistakes game. have really caught. He, he, had, he had a red card reversed. And then when Holland scored his slip, man, mm-hmm. you can't afford to do that shit. You cannot slip when you're the only defender there and it's Holland. He's going to yeah. fucking score. Like, it's just, I feel I bad think... for him because it's like that the, the mind game really got to him. You make, you have one game, you have one bad game and then it just st- keeps happening. It's mm-hmm. like the cycle, like you can't get out of. And 
I think a lot of people have been concluding from this game and a few other games as well that Bayern is now suffering the loss of Lewandowski and they don't have a clear striker. That well, can he's not great. So can we just tell them, guys, you didn't suffer anything because he's not performing no, He's all. not great at Barca now, but he was great at Bayern. That, that is true, but I'm just saying, like, he's not, like, if he were performing really well in Barcelona, you'd be like, okay, shit, he's doing so well there and he could have been doing that, but he's not. But I hear your point. But they need, they need someone, right? Like, Kingsley Coman, best player on the pitch for Bayern. Yeah, they, really he good. created yeah. a lot of chances. Sané didn't, wasn't terrible, uh, but he also... You know, I told you, I told you, like, I, that's why I told you, even when he plays for France, Coma is really not bad at all. Like, he is dangerous, like, he creates chances. Yeah, I think you did say that. I mean, I don't watch Bayern enough to, to, to say, but in this game, particularly, I think he was really good. Like, Bayern did have decent pace and energy, and City often seemed a bit overwhelmed by mm -hmm. their attacks, but what they we're not so great at is the finishing. And so that whole of having a striker there and at the same time, even though they had that pace and energy, it just seemed like they lacked a bit of chemistry. I think that's what's going on with Tuchel, maybe behind, in the locker room. Because they have the chemistry to string things together in that final mm -hmm. part of the pitch. I don't know why Cancelo started and Davies doesn't, didn't, he was only subbed in at the 60th so minute. That, that makes, that makes a lot, that, that, that raises an important thing that I wanted to mention as well. So now this new game, this game today, David started, David started and Cancelo started as well. So I feel like also he is changing the people who start constantly. Mm. So in this game, like Mane started, yeah, exactly. Like Mane started this game, but he didn't do much. And last game versus uh, City, they were saying, okay, Mane wasn't playing or didn't start. So he was not like. He was not there to score. They need someone like Mane, but he didn't do much. He didn't start, Honestly. but it was funny, though. i sorry. This is very important uh -huh. to highlight. Sané started, but mm -hmm. then got subbed off by Mane. <laughs> very important to highlight. I mean, I I, this. I, I, Everyone I, noticed this. And they had to do, you know, their, you know. Oh, the shake, the handshake. And handshake hand, hand slap or whatever handshake thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was very funny. But continue. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's the, the, the back. The back is really bad. So, uh, what was his name? Delict, Opamecano, Pavar, uh, like all these players are not that good. And even this new game, and I feel like we're talking about the two games at the same time, which is fine. They have a massive problem in defense. Like, even this other guy, Stanisic, not good. They, they, they made, they're making terrible mistakes, really, really bad mistakes defensively. And also, like, Sommer is an okay. Like he's not amazing. He's not. He's, he's no newer. Yeah, he's no newer. That's the problem, I think, as well. Like Madrid has someone like Courtois that will save him countless times, even when they fuck up. But these guys don't have it. And as you said, and it's very good to highlight, they have an issue with the team of morale. So I don't know what's happening in the locker room exactly, but there's clearly a problem. So I don't know if you read this. So Masrawi, the Moroccan player, which is I think the right back, and he hasn't been playing um, since I think the World Cup. Like so, he got like a, a sort of. Um, uh, not really an injury, an injury, but like an unfortunate infection due to the to coronavirus that ruled him out for weeks. And so, and after he got back, uh, he wasn't solid. He was not even like the second option. So I'm gonna quote what he told the Bild, which is a German tabloid newspaper. Quote: "I feel forgotten. The situation is disappointing. I'm no longer second or third option in my position, but third or fourth. If the situation stays like this, that's not what I want and not what I deserve." I'll fight, then they will see. So imagine the player just before the this this the oh, mind thing saying this, yeah, saying this out loud, like and everyone's talking about it. It's and he's a good player, he's like not bad. Like he he used to play almost every single game when uh, Nagelsmann was here. So now he stopped playing and he's he, he's very unhappy. And now that you see Arsenal, Newcastle, Man United all interested, and even Barcelona might be interested because apparently he had two options either to go to Bayern. Or to go to, to Barcelona and chose Bayern. So I just feel like a player going out there and saying this, and he only missed, I think, four games or not even three games. Like it's not like Ziyech who hasn't been playing for like months and months, and you're already out saying this. Good for him. He's only 25 years old. The other thing as well that I heard is that um, um, Sane apparently complained or told Guardiola during the city game that he's not happy at Bayern, or some people reported this. So you see all these players out there like saying different things about the team that they're not happy, they're unhappy with it. So I think like, there is definitely something in 
in the in, in the water or something within the team that's just not making them like a cohesive team. I think that's why they're not as good. You can you can see because they have a lot of the pieces. They have the players. They have the mm-hmm. ener- they have the pace. They have the opportunities, but they don't they don't seem to be able to perform. And I think it's it, they're still in a lot better shape than Chelsea. I think that compared oh, for to, sure. for because sure. Chelsea's there's a lot more wrong 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 there than with Bayern. But I definitely agree. I think Tuchel have after seven games has still not managed to work out the kinks in his locker room. And honestly, I'm a bit surprised because I thought Tuchel was the kind of manager to be able to do that. Maybe I was wrong. I agree because he has such a strong personality. So I thought that he would be a fantastic fit for the team uh, and to solve all these problems. He he clearly like wasn't there. And and, And I think I want to talk about this game as well because Money was very average. Muller was too, I think he's too old. Let's say like Kimmich is really bad. Kimmich is so bad. He was losing the ball constantly. I don't understand why he plays every single game. I thought Cancelo was okay. So I think he played he played from the start. Davies got injured. So because right after, so Davies and Masrawi play the same position. And I don't know if like Masrawi wished for it because ninth minute, Davies gets injured. Now he like gets subbed in. He played a uh, lot this Masrawi. month. It's probably it was it was like Eden Ram and I said, please God, I want mm-hmm. I want to play, please do something. And well, it, it worked for him. Uh, and, 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 get him to be injured, please. Hint, hint. Exactly. <laughs> and and what's crazy is that Tuchel made five substitutions. Like like he, you could feel like it's a whole new team. He changed like half the team, and they were still so bad. And the other minds were wait, so don't much better. Don't you ever feel like? Don't you feel like as a manager, would you ever make the full five subs? Because I'm always afraid. This happened recently to United. I'm always you afraid it's going to get injured and I won't have any yeah. subs left. It could happen. Yeah, I agree. It could happen. So I feel like five is too much. Regardless of what you just mentioned, which is very accurate, I think five is just like you change the whole team. Like, right. Before it was only three, but like after during COVID, they made it five to, to make things a bit easier for uh, teams, but they never reversed it. So now it feels... Literally, it's almost half the team. Like it's half the team if you don't include the goalie. So I don't know what's happening. Like it's it's basically a completely different strategy. And so one thing to highlight, which I found very weird, is that Nagelsmann played 37 games and only lost three. And now yeah. Tuchel played seven games only like and already lost three. So if they were trying to to say that their standard was so high, I don't really get what's happening right now. And it's not like they could just fire Tuchel out of like right now because it wouldn't like it would make them look so bad. It would look terrible, but yes, they're just they're just fucked, kind of. They, they're, they're out of fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Dortmund just won four nil. They're at the top of the table now. Wow. So and, and, and Bayern is out of the Champions League and out of their like the equivalent of I think Copa del Rey or like FA Cup or something. Yeah. Like so yeah, he got knocked out of two competitions already, and now got bumped to second in the oh league. My God. Yeah. So with the, in the spam of seven games, Hamza. That's really bad. That's really that's crazy. Bad. No, seven games. He did. He managed to do all that. I guess that's some sort of record. It, it must be because before he came, when when Nagelsmann was there, I think they were still in the Champions League. They were still well, first. Both games. They haven't lost in the Champions League. Wow, that is really bad. Like it, it's kind of like what Chelsea did with Tuchel when they were okay, and then they they, they sacked him, and then Potter was shit, and all the coaches after that was shit. So. I don't know, man. It like it just goes to show maybe don't like but then again with their with this bear story, it was kind of out of the blue. Like nobody understood why they sacked the guy. It was very, very weird. Like it's not like and like it's not like Dave sacking David Moyes all like or sacking some Sevilla coach. It's like extremely out of the blue. Yeah. And I think the the owners are feeling it now because you yeah. see them at every game looking oh. so frustrated. That's true. The board is always there, and you can see there's a lot of they get a lot of you know screen time as well, and I notice it, and it's just like I don't know who's feeling worse right now, them about their decision with Tuchel and Nagelsmann or Todd Bowley because oh, for sure. they all yeah. look pretty depressed. Yeah, it's, it's like that guy, the president of the club, Oliver Kahn. I don't know if you remember him, but he was yes, amazing. I do. He's right there. He, yeah, yeah, he's right there. So he's already like without being upset he looks kind of like a scary dude. yeah so when you add the fact that he's really disappointed like you're just like okay wow this this whole team is kind of depressing 
Speaking of depressing teams. Oh, great segue. Honestly, fantastic segue. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> Barcelona is a depressing team. Thank you for saying that. At least the so, last couple games, they've been a bit depressing, yes. Oh, so depressing. Um, like, I don't know what to say about the Barcelona versus Getafe game. Horrible. Horrible. And I cannot believe that Xavi's actually blaming the sun. Like, okay, do no, no, he said that wasn't an excuse. He said that was not an excuse. Yeah, but still, don't mention it. Like, this, there's no way, like, there's no way people are going to not focus on that. Just don't mention, like, just say we're bad, and you're actually bad. They haven't scored in three games in a row. They're coming back from a loss to Madrid in La Copa del Rey, and two back-to-back goals, draws, draws. Um, they're really bad. Honestly, it's crazy how bad they, they are. They, 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 they downgraded the level so low that I don't think they can compete with any like of the big European teams. Like, I watched the Premier League and then I watched it and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, Why not this so the, not this this season, their their performance. Yeah, there's no way they can compete on the European level. They can't like what, what, what would Brighton do to them? What would fucking Southampton do to them? Right? Southampton would probably destroy them. Southampton is like last. I'm pretty sure if Southampton placed them, there is a like a 20% chance at least that they might that they may win. Even the Italian teams, Napoli, Milan, they would crush them. But that's what they struggled with Inter, right? Inter was not even that good. They struggled with it in the Champions League group stage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 they should be very thankful that they have an 11 point lead because they could lose La Liga now. It's very possible. Uh, They, they're playing Atletico Madrid tomorrow. I just feel like Barcelona has a bunch of overrated players that just need to. Fuck off, literally. I'm sorry, I feel so bad for saying this, but it's just, just retired. Who, who's about. the number one to fuck off? In like, Alba, amazing player, was in the past, or the Alba, but he just needs to leave. Sergio Roberto is not great. So at least Alba was good at some point, was super good. Was super good at some point, but he's not anymore. Like, Bali, very consistent lately. Gabi, I'm sorry to say this, but extremely overrated. And I feel cheated a little bit because I thought he was amazing. And then suddenly. You really um, rated him. I did, I did, and it's it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna own it. Now I you're gonna eat your words. Him. Yeah, I think he's extremely overrated. He just doesn't do anything. Just collects yellow cards left and right. See, that's uh, my problem with Gabi more than anything because they are not they are players who don't shine as much, but don't create more problems. That's true. Like yeah, you're just like you 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 at this point you're not a you're a minus. What do you call it? Minus value. Net negative. Net negative, minus value, great English. So, and also, let's not forget to highlight what you mentioned before. After the World Cup, Lewandowski has not been great at all. A huge dip in form. I think he's only scored four goals this year, which already allowed Benzema. And please, let's not forget that Benzema was injured during like the the, the first start of the of the of the, the season. So Benzema has only three goals away from him in terms of like like the, the goals that they scored in, in La Liga. So. I just think it's so disappointing to watch him. It's it's extremely like honestly at this point. Sometimes I just don't want to watch him. I just want to turn off the TV because it's just not fun to watch. Like forget about winning. Like you just want to like you cannot be struggling with Getafe. Getafe is like in the bottom. Like they're always struggling with all these teams. Like even when Madrid doesn't win, they try. They try. They're relentless. Barcelona doesn't do that. It's just like passive. You just don't want to watch them anymore. I'm like, okay, it's the same old, same old. They're probably going to lose it against Atleti tomorrow. Maybe not because Pedri and are probably back. back. Yeah. Yeah. But guys, during the summer, maybe go get Masrawi. Maybe go get Kandogan. Maybe go get Cancelo. Just go buy more players. And Garcia needs to not be there because you cannot, like, when you have injured player for Garcia there, you can't do that and think you can win the Champions League. I feel like there's no reason even to. Go compete in any. They can't win the Europa. They can't win the. Um, maybe they can't even win that like third one, the Conference League. Europa Conference. Yeah, I just think the level where they are right now is just like, what? What is this like? Okay, Newcastle but Newcastle eat them. Like a lot of, I feel like a lot of teams in the Premier League would probably eat them. No fair, but Premier League level is the highest. So I, mean, I that... don't know. It's Sporting. Sporting is not bad at all. Like look what what they did to Arsenal. And okay, but, but why, are you, lost, so, by the way. why are you so disappointed? Because, I mean, they've done really well in the league in terms of if you just look at the points and the goal difference and stuff. Because so why Madrid, why is it still so disappointing? Because Madrid was not great during uh, uh, a huge chunk of it. Because also they won a lot of, they were lucky. 
And mm -hmm. you can see Lucky by winning 1-0 in like seven or eight or nine games. And also they had like they have a few players, a few good players that they rely on. Pedri, Dembele, and Rafinha sometimes. Like without these players, they, they can't even Frankie De Jong. I think Frankie De Jong is amazing. You can clearly tell that he was he, he was missed so much because he's such a complete midfielder. That's like that guy. If you tell me he costs so much money, I believe you. Like that, that's not like a, what is the other midfielder we're talking about? He's better than Declan Rice. Way yeah, better. I I really don't. They're the, Frankie De Jong, Declan Rice. If they, I were some of these Premier League teams, why would I not take Frankie De Jong? Why would I take Declan? Because you didn't want to come. Because you didn't want to come. Like man, you tried. No, no, so no hard I agree. I agree. I'm just saying there was some. There were comparisons made between the two because you know, like there were rumors that they were both going to move, but. But I mean, all this to also show that I'm actually as much as I'm going to be sad for no football for a few months this summer, the transfer window is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. That's true. That's true. I really think that Barcelona, I don't know how they can do it because they can't even get players right now because they're paying some, like, Frankie De Jong is one of the highest paid players in Barcelona. Right? That's why I think he didn't leave. Like, I don't see any other reason why he would stay at Barcelona. He's not going to go to Champions League anytime soon. So the only reason for me to stay at Barcelona is maybe the city is sunny and it's not bad. And also, I get paid well. Do you know this, how often players who've played for Madrid or Barcelona have went to play for the other team? Does this happen oh, a lot? Oh, yeah. I assume not so much, much, but it must have uh, happened, no? Yeah, it must have. I think Figo did that. Maybe I remember a few, like, like major players that did, this in, that did it in the past. And obviously, people were not happy, but... Uh, not recently, right? Not recently, no. I don't think it's going to happen anymore. I would be very surprised if it happened. I think they asked Rafinha recently or someone from Barcelona if you go play for Real, if you mm -hmm, would go. Mm -hmm. But and he said, absolutely not. Even though, right. honestly, I'm going to say this again. And guys, I'm a huge Barcelona fan. I don't think there's a rivalry anymore because Real Madrid is way high up and Barcelona is nowhere. That 11-point lead is not No, I, sorry, I disagree. Because they still want three El Clasicos. You can't say that... It's just the games haven't been as exciting because also Madrid hasn't been in top form either. They just have that winning mentality in a lot of their games, which shines through. But other than that, like in some ways, Barcelona has been superior in the first half of the season by far. And when they have all their players fit, they're very formidable. And I don't think Madrid can compete on the same level if, let's say, Benzema, Vinicius Juniors have a bad game. Yeah, true. But it's just not convincing. You don't have any... Depth squad anymore. Squad well, that's how anymore. felt about sorry, City but... for the most of the season. And then something happened. No, City always had uh, squad. Depth. Crazy, right? Like the, the people they have, like Mahrez is amazing this year. He doesn't play. He didn't play so many games. After he saved them, after he saved them during that difficult period, Guardiola just didn't play him and they still did well. I mean, he scored a hat trick today. I mean, okay, let's just, can we talk about that as well? Like, it's no, you can't even compare. I think it's just, it is very, very disappointing. Very disappointing. I hope they get better. I hope they buy more players in the summer. And like I hope they change a little bit of the mentality. Chavi has a lot of work to do. He shouldn't definitely shouldn't get sacked, in my opinion, but he still has a lot of work to do. He needs to get good players. And he needs to get players that deserve to wear the shirts because the thing has so much history. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I th I I really think of defensively they're more solid. But you can't have Eric Garcia coming in, right? Midfield even. They just got really unlucky that Pedri and De Jong got injured. That's true. At the same time, right? Like, Because think about it. If City, if Rodri gets injured and De Bruyne, I don't really know if they could... Re Do you see what I'm saying? Because that's yeah, essentially that's kind of what happened. But then again, then again, so many of these Man City players are so versatile. That's true. That's yeah, that's Pep though. That's Pep's genius because Pep can kind yeah. of make you play in multiple positions. Like he, also although Bernardo Silva gets bullied into doing anything, right? So because you know how he gets bullied, right? Everyone so bullies true. him. Everyone bullies him. So like you, you got to play as a left back. Okay, got to play as a left back now. If Pedri is is good and De Jong is good going forwards, the midfield Busquets. Busquets I don't know. Um, I don't I'm know if yeah. I, I, plus, I don't know if he's gonna leave, right? So. But if he's still there, he's still okay. He's not the worst, I think. But I think really Lewandowski is letting them down. And so in the, front, in the front, in the front, and the wingers, they're not consistent. Because as not. good as Dembele is, he has a lot but of it's, games. And it's not a problem. Like if Dembele was here, he saved them so many times. I think that's true. That's true. He's definitely the most preferred winger out of 
every Barcelona yeah, board, yeah. right? There's no other one. Like Ferran Torres, forget about it. Rafinha, mm, okay, whatever, right? Like we don't. And Sufati, okay, let's not even talk. But at least Dembele, yes. But then th you can't just have Dembele up front. They, they need Abde back. They need Abde back. I think he's better than Ferran Torres. He creates more problems. So give him a chance. And they also need Lewandowski. I think that's, that was disappointing. That's why I think that's why they're not as, as good anymore because Lewandowski is not as good anymore. He was so important. And obviously he was so important for Bayern. He's such a key player. And because he's not doing so well recently, for some reason, they're not great. So I, I think if he gets back to his form, it would probably be much better, but they definitely need more people in the attack. He cannot be relying on Ferran Torres and fucking, what is that guy's name? I forgot about him. Number Ansu 10. Ansu Fati to score against Man United and all these amazing teams. Like, I don't even want them to go to Champions League next year. They will be destroyed. Like, like literally, you, I don't need, I don't know if you watch sporting, but like they eliminated Arsenal and then they barely, they, they were barely knocked out in like, a, I think it was a quarterfinal, right? Yeah, they were barely knocked out, like real, I think last, like it was very difficult to beat them. So how are they going to compete with all these teams? Anyways, I feel like I went on a, a No, long... no, no. But I I agree. I think they really need to fortify the, the front and... It will be interesting to see because as much as I've enjoyed their defensive masterclasses in many games, it would also be nice to see them score more goals mm -hmm. and be able to be more of an offensive team that we all know and love exactly. and expect from Barcelona. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, makeshift episode. Uh, sorry, again, it was recorded on Zoom, but we really hope you enjoyed and we'll see you for the next one. Bye.